It's Sports Arena and it is Extreme Rewind. Your week looking to World Extreme from ECW Hardcore TV, episode one, all the way to 401. We are halfway through. We've got a pay per view. And that's in the my rhyme. And you've got myself, Paul, and I'm joined, as always, by Jay. I was disappointed that's the end of your rhyming. I thought you were on a little bit of a, a tear there. Do you know, once I sort of realised what I was doing, too much pressure set in, and that's where I folded. I get that. I can understand why that would have been the point. I was, but, just, um, I was just having fun uh, doing instruction, and it went crazy. It, it was like the um, Public Enemy were back, and uh, I, was, I was loving it. <laughs> Speaking of the Public Enemy, do you want to know an interesting fact about the Public Enemy? Is there any other kind of fact about the public enemy? <laughs> You'd be surprised. Um, WCW Nitro, one of the famous ones where Bischoff was giving away the results to Monday Night Raw, public enemy were on the way to the ring. Oh, It's one of the only sort of big segments I think they're ever in. So you'd see public enemy walking down the ring with tables while it was either Bischoff or uh, Tony Giovanni were reading out the um, results before Raw started. So, um, all hail Public Enemy. I think, uh, very cool. I think Boss Man was in another one. But yeah, no, Public Enemy. That was the only real moment I can remember. Oh. Have you seen any of um, that new Jack thing yet? I haven't. I haven't. Um, what's it like? Um, it's nothing you haven't seen before. If you follow New Jack and watch like Forever Hardcore and, and stuff like this. But it's still shot very well, and it's fascinating, still fascinating. It's good to see people like Jim Cornette and D'Lo Brown talk a bit about Smoky Mountain and that sort of... The original gangsters. Yeah, sort of. Jim Cornette sort of talks about sort of that side. It's not really a side you see. It's very much just almost like he was born in ECW, and that was that. When they obviously talk a little bit about sort of XPW and the indies after and people and stuff like that. So yeah, I thought it was really cool. I mean, everyone should watch it. It's fascinating. It's a great little bit of new Jack. He's one of those people. You just, you love him, but you don't want to get the wrong side of him. (laughs) No, no, that's, um, yeah. I remember him on, um, uh, which one was it? Beyond the mat or, or yeah, it was beyond the mat, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, beyond the map where he's trying to become an actor. Yeah. Yeah. And they were saying about him having something at that point, like three justifiable homicides. And the presenter was petrified because he doesn't have one justifiable homicide, let alone three. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he's, he's always been a really kind of um, larger-than-life character. And we must, at some point, be coming up on mass transit. I'm not sure if we've passed it. I suppose it's possible. I think we've passed it. I think it was 96. Because I think he was teaming with Devon. So it would have been gangsters against Devon and Mass Transit. So I'm sure we've passed it. I'm sure it'd be 1996. November 23rd, 1996. Yeah. So it's, well, I suppose he's not spoken about. So you just don't. No, I mean, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have made anywhere near the. the... TV and stuff, would it? Yeah, they would never reference it or anything because it was such a thing. But um, again, with that, I I don't mind skipping it because too many people that were there have spoken about it. So we're literally not even seeing an episode and reviewing it. We're almost reviewing someone's review of the review. 
kind of it becomes this but um yeah the story's bigger than the actual yeah and we're basically just talking about stories that people have said rather their own like with what we're reviewing here we're obviously seeing it and it's what we feel about it when otherwise we're just you know reviewing what tommy dreamer thought of the situation or you know what i mean so it's a bit yes but um, it happened and it's wild and if you don't know about it find out about it you could probably just um, YouTube it and have the segment from Forever Hardcore where New Jack and it talks about it. Yeah, or one of his shoot interviews or <coughs> everything. Various other and it will blow your mind. It will. Speaking of blowing your mind, wow, there'll be a lot to cover this week. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hectic. I mean, especially that last episode felt like a ridiculous amount of just like and here's another thing, and here's another thing, and here's another thing, and here's another thing. Yeah, so the way I've worked it, so obviously, basically, ECW invade Raw this week. Yes. For those who don't know what we're doing. So we're covering ECW invading Raw, basically taking over Raw, um, then three episodes of ECW, so 201, 202, and 203. But also during that, cut back over to Raw to talk about a segment Jerry Lawler had with Paul Heyman a shoot quote unquote and um yeah so the you way shoot i'll shoot you want to shoot i'll shoot so the way i've done it is i've basically done it in date order okay so, so raw first then ecw ecw raw ecw type thing so i think it makes sense yes because there was very little mention of this on ecw i found yeah yeah that's true um it was uh interesting in its silence really wasn't it yeah i mean obviously i suppose we'll get to it but what i found strange is you shoot this hot angle and it's almost like you're part one and surely you would tune into ecw day two days later if you could find it to find out your part two and have like yeah. you know the the handheld footage of them getting out of there or whatever they were doing. And you'd think it'd be that sort of, but there was another small bit from Tommy dreamer later on, but it was, um... and the, 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 the eliminators sort of reference it. Yeah. So I just thought it was all very, um, strange, but I think we're being too cryptic. So, Let's go to Raw on the 25th of February, 1997 in the Manhattan Center, I believe. ECW country. Um, and basically, it kicks off with the Blackjacks versus the Godwins. The match isn't really the story here. What the story is on commentary, Vince McMahon announces and Jerry Law that basically ECW is in the house tonight. So fine. They do a quick shot of Ken Shamrock in the crowd. I think Paul Heyman makes one reference, but I was really surprised that they're trying to go into business for themselves here with Taz and Ken Shamrock. Yeah, to a degree I was as well. I thought that was um, going to be the, the angle, going to be the what happened. Um, but it seems that they were kind of told to leave that alone. Um, I think what came out from the very beginning from this from the very very early on was just how awkward a um uh, a uh, commentating team um jerry the king lauder and uh vince mcmahon is yeah. um i obviously 
grew up watching this. I watched all of this as it happened or, you know, on the Friday of when it happened as it would have been. Um, I don't remember this being so awkward between them, but fuck me is it ever. Every single one of Jerry Lawler's jokes, and I, 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 you know, I'm generous when I use that term. Um, Vince just absolutely no-sold as if he didn't understand a word that was being said. There was a, um, I found throughout this whole show, there was an extreme nervousness of being the owner and being out there and not being able to control it. Yeah. I found it every time an ECW person had a live mic. He seemed to get really like, you hear him sort of going, uh oh. And he had this real stare on him, like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? It was very, very. And one of the gimmicks of, East, of, WC, of WWE at this time was, um, you know, uh, and, and we don't censor anyone here, pal. So bring your signs and say what you've got to be said and it'll be picked up on the mics and, you know, with freedom of speech and stuff. Um, and I think that played into that nervousness that you were sensing of kind of like, yeah, you, you know, say, say what you like. Yeah, no, no, that's, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, just. What, yeah, whatever you want to say. That's, yep, that's, 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 that's great. <laughs> so, um, yeah, basically, the, the Blackjacks beat the Godwins. Fine. Then, what would have been a commercial break? We came back from the commercial break. There is a sound guy in the ring. The Eliminators, full gear, get in the ring, hit total elimination. Paulie grabs the mic and says, Your challenge has been accepted. ECW are in the house, which I thought was pretty good. Yeah, um, uh, the, 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 the sound guy looks, uh, you know, braced for this from the very moment that they kind of position him, um, which took away from it ever so slightly. But, you know, it's still very impactful, still very, you know, uh, a, a, quite the introduction for ECW. You know, if you're going to put anyone on straight away, then putting the, the eliminators on to hit total elimination is, is quite a, an, a, an attention grabbing move. Exactly. It just screams different than that. Yep. Um, um, and um, seem to have new, new titles. Yeah. New titles, almost like the intercontinental title. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting. Underpaid for them. Um, then went to, I guess, what would have been a commercial break again. Came back, Paul Lee is in the ring, introduces Little Guido, says his opponent hit the music. The BWO come out. There's a lot of BWO, well, I say a lot. There's, there's a splatter of BWO shirts in the crowd, which I thought was quite impressive. Stevie grabs the mic and says, we've got um, three words. And basically, this is one of the ones where you could see Vince sort of awkwardly going, ha, ha, Asa, we taking over. Which sort of Vince, once he realised it was nothing offensive, sort of laughed and enjoyed it because he gets comedy. Um, yeah, then Blue Meanie does the same, say hello to the blue guy. Now, I kind of, I liked the Heyman Lawler sort of bit. So the match is basically with Stevie Cool versus Greedo. But I liked the, the Heyman Lawler sort of dialect here because Lawler is basically like, oh, What's this about? Oh, it's an original idea. You rip off everything. And he was like, who did we rip off? 
And he goes, what? Yeah. And he goes, well, who did we rip off then? Say who we ripped off. I don't think we ripped off anyone. Name who we ripped off. And obviously, yeah. NWI is WCW, so they can't mention it. And I thought it was just fucking genius. And wouldn't be far off of the um, lawsuit between the two, uh, which is why there is also that other nervousness about not being able to mention. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was a, an absolute brilliant calling his bluff on it. Oh, because, um, yeah, obviously he couldn't really say you're ripping off WCW and NWO because yeah. they don't exist currently in like their universe. And um, it's just great because he, he couldn't say it. And he's like, oh, you're perfect. He goes, who is it then? Who are we ripped off? I thought he was genius. Yeah, I, I, I thought that was brilliant. Um, I thought that uh, they, Jerry Lawler coming over as, you know, very much the heel in this Um hugely disrespectful of the the ECW wrestlers just garbage wrestling people who couldn't make it anywhere else um you know just uh, and this one was was pretty much a pure wrestling match yeah yeah basically and uh yeah the match itself Stevie won there's a bit where Raven appeared quickly during it which I I was surprised I didn't think Raven appeared on this show yeah, and um, uh, is referenced, and uh, which I thought was quite cool. Yeah, I mean, he's there, he's referenced, and obviously he's only briefly, he's not wrestling, but he's just there with the title, poses, does enough. Stevie picks up the win. Goldust is also interviewed a few times during this, which is weird. Yeah. When um, they sort of say, what do you think about ECW wrestlers being here? And he's just like, I'm the, I'm the premier. So, yeah, I mean, it was it was it, it was both awkward and more so because you you have obviously the 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 blue guy, uh, blue dust thing from previous. So you don't really know how that's gone down, kind of thing. So it, it, yeah, it's it's a little bit awkward, um, and just feels that. You know, there's, there's no kind of understanding of anything going on in the ring. It's just about trying to get the WWE matches over, which I, whilst I understand that, it's kind of, I, I don't think you can comfortably do both at the same time. And there was nothing that they showed me to convince me otherwise. Yeah. Um, Honky Tonk Man made his way to the ring for an arm wrestling competition between Sonny and. Mylena. Mylena. I, I didn't realise how much Sonny had a female version of Rick Rude's gimmick. Very much listened to a promo, sort of like, you know, guys yeah. get a real look of what a woman should look like kind of thing. And I thought it was just basically Rick Rude's gimmick. So, Yeah, um, done incredibly well. You know, this was the point where Sonny was the most downloaded woman on the internet. Um uh, so they played that up hugely, as you would expect. Um, the the Malena pro, promo, I thought, was um, surprisingly strong. Yeah. Um, again, it's it's that really weird point where they're not quite attitude error, but they're they're pretty damn near attitude error. So um, you know, Malena starts with you know, firstly, thank you for. Uh, 
you know, finishing up, coming down and finishing early on 42nd Street to come and see us, um, which uh, Vince chimes in that uh, actually they've, they've cleared that area up, uh, which I thought was incredible. <laughs> Think about this. This was, what, February? Yeah. So this has been well on their way to the road to um, WrestleMania. Yeah, um, and and you can see that through the the Psycho Sid and Undertaker stuff. Yeah, but I'm saying it just feels a bit that they would give up almost half a show. Yeah, could you imagine that now? To... Of a 90 minute show, yeah. you know, two hour probably with commercial breaks show. To give up and allow someone to advertise their sort of pay per view. I'm yeah. almost surprised that ECW weren't on that year's WrestleMania as it was so near. It'd be interesting if they would have shot for a Tommy Dreamer versus Jerry Lawler match or something, mm. even early in the card. Uh, yeah, this basically led out Goldust. No, Savio Vega came out, then Goldust came out. They had a match, ended up in DQ. Nothing really to talk about there. I forgot um, until I saw Savio about this incarnation of the Nation of Domination. Yes, the original Nation. Um, it is, uh, and it's really interesting. It, 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 yeah, I'd, I'd forgotten about this because my mind automatically goes to the Rock, yeah. Kamal Mustafa, D'Lo Brown nation. Mm. Um, so it, it took me a minute to, to remember this one. Yeah. Um, a lot of um, ECW alumni, PG-13 as well. They were ECW, yeah. weren't they? If they weren't before, they definitely were after. I know they have a run with. Yeah, they turn up at ECW at some point. But um, uh, yeah, it was it was an interesting little uh, gang, and and D'Lo there hanging out in the background, not kind of recognised at this point, not not given a name at this point, but he was there as part of the the, the entourage. Yeah. Um, um, we then had Mikey Whitbrick in the ring, and Taz came out. Vast improvement to Taz's music. Why they don't use this is beyond me. I was trying to work out whether this was a dub or whether this was just legit Taz music. I think it was a dub because Taz's music has never had words like that other than obviously kissing and everything else was just the intro and just instrumentals. So this would have been a dub done. And I could tell it's a dub because when BWO came out, they clearly had a dub where it's just purely audio, then would cut awkwardly to live feed with sound, then would go back to audio again. Mm. So they'd obviously dubbed, and they dubbed this as well, where it's just audio. But I thought it was a good version. It sounded a lot like it. Yeah, well, as I said, I, I, it took me a while to work out which one it was, so um, definitely mm. did. They even um, had some sort of words to it as well that was like it was going somewhere. But, um, yes, yeah, so that happened. Taz again just feels like such a big deal. Yeah, um, you know that that entrance, even on Raw, looks incredible. It was good. I mean, like I said, the match was going well. It's highlighting a lot of the, the Taz plexes and all this. So you got it showing in um, during the match. Then Cut and Sabu appeared, where he attempted to jump off the R onto God. Team Taz. Obviously, this is the one with the famous as he leaped. 
the R went backwards because he didn't realise it wasn't actually attached to the floor. So he just kind of flopped head first straight down into the floor. Tried to make it to the ring. Taz then tried to belly to belly Taz plex Mikey over the top rope and it didn't go according to plan really. He got him over, but as the big sort of highlight spot, it didn't obviously go the world. I can imagine Taz would have been fucking fuming with that. Yeah. Um, with fairly good reason. I mean, it was a, it was a bit of a, a messy spot. Yeah, it was um, a messy thing, but yeah. Especially when you're trying to make a good impression. And, and I, I, I'm not saying that because I, I suggesting that he was looking for a job, but just, you know, you would, you want to make a good impression. Well, I, so. there's eyes that follow, isn't it? So if you see yeah. this and Taz seemed like a crazy, legit badass, you'd, you'd want to find out where this ECW was on whatever night, Tuesday night or whatever, you'd hunt it down. Yeah, so that, and, and you'd pay for the pay-per-view, which is what this is all for. Yeah. So that's where it's sort of... But yeah, it was fine overall. Um, Legion of Doom versus the Headbangers. Not a lot to add from this part from Legion of Doom. Always have been and always were over as fuck. Yeah, um, they were the, the surprise team. Um, and everyone lost their mind for them. Mm. So, big thing, ECW alumni hook. Yep. So, yeah, they're back and and won. And the headbangers were ECW alumni, weren't they? Yeah, they were the spiders, weren't they? Tarantulas or whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. People didn't know, but you know. Um, next up, we had Tommy Dreamer versus Devon Dudley. Um, a lot of sort of spots and chair and, and blunder a bit more on this one. Jerry Lawler's absolutely ripping it on commentary, basically saying he hates it and all that sort of stuff. Jerry Lawler's thing throughout is kind of like, you know, all you do is you, you dump people on their head and you throw them through tables and, you know, you grab random weapons and stuff and it's, it's trash. Um, which is fair, to be honest, is... Um, you know that's that's kind of uh, what they what they were. You know, it's, it's a simplification, but it's what they were doing. So it's um, it's just proving that point again of like you know this is this is just trash. This is all, all you're doing here is dumping people in the head and throwing people around. And you know what are you waiting? What are you doing that for? You you can't wrestle. That's not what you do. Well, yeah, I mean. <sighs> I mean, I get it. I mean, Memphis was known for like wild brawls and that, though. So it's kind of a bit of a okay, but I understand what he's doing. I mean, they're making ECW seem they want to be like the grunge and the sort of the yeah the difference. So they probably went along with it as much as they sort of could. Um, Tommy Dreamer picked up the win, causing Bubba Ray to come out. Sam and then came out. Which then Paulie then sort of went for Jerry Lawler and everyone came out and yeah yeah so that all happened then Undertaker beat Farouk in the main event ECW alumni Farouk it's true and it takes us back to ECW on the 20th of February 1997 episode 201 the show starts with the Pitbulls coming out um, insulting Shane Douglas, making reference to him being like Shawn Michaels, which was again, Jeep. Um, it's very interesting the people that weren't on Raw. Obviously, I'm not surprised 
massively that um, Shane Douglas and Chris Candido didn't want to go or weren't invited. Yep. Be interested in which way round it was. Did they, yes. have a, did they have a fear of giving Shane Douglas a live mic on Raw? Or just having him back there on Raw after... Being very outspoken you know, yeah. about the click. Because Shawn Michaels would have still been there, I think. Or at least someone would have. Yeah. Um, you've got Sonny there, who may, may, may or may not have been sleeping with both Brett and Sean at this point. So, um, yeah, it's all a bit um, crazy. So, yeah, obviously gangsters were a big no-no for going. <laughs> no, but he's just, like I said, it is interesting, the ones that he took. It's all sort of like Dreamer, not really involved in anything, but he sort of went along. And, um, yeah, newly formed Dudleys. They've literally just shot into Superstar. Unbelievable. Um, one of the things that ECW has been really, really good at doing um, has been transferring heat. Mm. And, you know, they make the the gangsters look like absolute killers. Um, which means then when a team comes in and lays out the gangsters, they automatically are pushed above. And that's what the gangsters did with Public Enemy. You know, the, the gangsters came out of nowhere and took the Public Enemy apart. Yeah. And in doing so, you know, got them to that level like really, really quickly. They, they make each other so very quickly. Um, it, 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 it's a work of art watching it. It, it, it is a work of art of how, it, um, how they, they, they move it through. Yeah, no, I mean, it really is. I mean, they have this sort of formula with a lot of these bits and it works most of the time. I mean, sometimes you can sort of see the, the blueprint, but it works. Um, yeah, so people yeah. come out. Shane Douglas eventually comes out, says something, then his music starts playing, so it awkwardly stays up there for ages while his music has to run through for about a minute, two minutes, then starts talking again. Um, Pitbull goes to get him, triple threat attack him, throw him through tables, and they get destroyed up there. Pretty much. Yeah. And that's our opening segment. We then go to, is it table and ladders match, I guess? Yep. For the ECW tag titles, Eliminators versus Sepper and Rob Van Dam. It is, um, which is still very impressive, um, yeah. no matter how many times we've seen it. My thing is, it's, it's kind of feel weird because... It's like, again, as impressive as it is, I didn't think this was like the feud. No. And for it to end up in a table ladder match, I don't know if it's just like, you know, accept it for what it is. But again, it's just what happened to like the triple threat and the tag team titles. And it just doesn't feel, I don't get it. No. There's a lot of like legit tag teams. And it just seems weird that it's sort of caught up in this. And weird because you've, match. because you've caught your champion up in, champions up in it as well. They're, they're, they're locked into a feud with someone who isn't really feuding with them. 
Um, yeah. And whilst you do have that kind of, you know, the, the, oh, they've, they respect um, uh, Taz and therefore Taz has, has told them how to beat blah, blah, blah. That doesn't quite really give you the, the, the answer as to why this is occurring. Yeah, which led me to a bit that I'm fuming with at the end of this match. So basically, as a standalone, <laughs> it's still a really decent match. Everything you expect. Um, just go your way and watch it. Great match between two great teams. That being said, the end comes when RVD's hit with two total eliminations, mainly because the first one was quite swapli- uh, sloppy and they obviously weren't happy with it. So they hit with another one, picked up the win, and then we get the famous respect angle again. Now, oh, I mean, it's been a while. It has been a while, and it's only been a while since the Eliminators were holding Sabu while Taz beat the crap out of Rob Van Dam. And then hit Sabu with total elimination. So why now, after just having a match, is they suddenly respecting each other? It makes no sense. Like, zero sense. Yeah. It should almost be the connection is you're beating the crap out of these guys to take out Taz's cronies who have been in your way. Were you trying to get to Taz? That's almost the story is you can't get to Taz until you take these guys out because they're always in the way when you're trying to get to Taz. Yeah, I agree. Simple, no? Not just, you know, the main guy who's feuding with Taz is pissed off of his partner because he won't shake their hands, but he goes out of the way to shake their hands. It just, it's just not a respect angle. There are certain things that can be, and this just sure as fuck isn't. Again, it's something that's overdone. Um, It's something that that doesn't need to be done, um, especially in the way that it is. So, yeah, it's just just frustrating, again, of this kind of... um, Apart from the fact it's not made official at any point, it'd be like Chris Candido shaking hands with Pitbull 1 after a great match. Oh, it's coming. (laughs) <laughs> no, just because they had a great match despite everything that's gone on just because they had a great match they have a little handshake yeah I mean you know uh, that's the end of the, the Shane Douglas Gary Wolf. you know I may have broken your neck but damn it I respect you <laughs> it is though um, yeah so basically that leads into Taz versus a debut in Tracy Smothers what better to debut than to be fed to Taz Smothers looked alright and said he was caught and then choked out Really interesting how much they went into him debuting and being part of the ECW team. Yeah, it was it was, um, it was a big coup for them, I guess. Yeah, so happy with that. Um, promo by Chris Candido, probably my favourite promo of this week's shows. It's, it's just I found it a really simple, straightforward promo, uh, basically about. Terry Funk calls himself a hardcore legend. He could be a hardcore legend. Terry Funk's boasting about being a former NW World Champion. He won it about two months ago. No one cares. You know, yep. um, if it wasn't for he was called No Gimmicks Needed, he would have built himself a hardcore legend, but that's a gimmick, so he can't do it. I just thought, <laughs> I just thought it was great. He's, got, yeah. he's just coming with a lot of character, and I think 
at a latter time, he would have deserved a TV title run. I do. Like. I yeah. I mean, I I I think we're finally getting to see some really good Candido stuff. Um, and it's funny because you know we we talked very in the, in the very very early days with him being part of the Suicide Blondes and and with Hot Body who wasn't even blonde. Um, we talked about kind of how the 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 reverence he's held. Yeah, actually, you know, there's nothing really we're seeing that's that's breathtaking. Um, and watching this, you you can now really start to see why. Yeah, um, I mean, that... just needs to be let into his own a bit. I mean, like I said, I do find it weird that, like he said, and like we referenced before, after the Shane Douglas incident, it was Chris Candido that won sort of the NWA world title. Yes, and it's just not ever. Brought up that he's a former NWA world champion. I don't know if it's because he's with Shane Douglas. It'd be weird because Shane Douglas wouldn't throw it down. And well, the funny thing is, you can do it without referencing when he was the world champion, because I think that's the bit that was that's the awkward. Um, you 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 put Tommy Rich over as it. You put Shane uh, Terry Funk over as it. Hmm. So you know. You, there's a, there's a certain amount of reverence and name recognition to it still because you're using it. Mm. Unless they just purely pretend like when Shane Douglas threw it down, that that was the end of it. So it's because they're all pre. Yeah, exactly. Douglas so killed the legacy of it. Hundred percent. Unless they're working that. Well, maybe I'm thinking too much into it, but I don't know. It's the only thing I could. Mm. Logically think, but yes, I thought it was a pretty decent promo. I thought it was fun. Um, we then got the beginning of Raven, Brian Lee versus Tommy Dreamer and Terry Funk. I really like the beginning. Basically, Raven saying he will lay there and allow Tommy Dreamer to pin him. Tommy Dreamer has never pinned him. He can pin him. He can finally achieve everything he wanted to. But by pinning him, Terry Funk won't get a world title shot. Yep. So you can have everything you ever wanted, but you cost your mentor everything ever he's ever wanted. Um. Decent, and then sort of it kicks off a bit, and the show just ends abruptly. <laughs> yeah, um, I I really enjoyed the um the the that promo and and them setting up. Um, Primetime Brian Lee being back in with Raven confuses me. Confuses me, but. It- it kind of really highlights that this guy isn't in the triple threat. Except he is. Yeah, except he is, in Shane's mind. But I think it kind of is planting the seed. Oh, okay. He's purely just a mercenary for hire or a bulldozer for hire, as he would say. That he really has no allegiance to anyone. I think mm. they're trying to slowly get this story over because it is a big sort of payoff for it. That... Yeah, it's it's very strange that he's just back with it, and and it, again, it's that bleeding through of um of of stories that that gets confusing. So, you know, he's just had a match and just had kind of a feud with Terry Funk, where he tried to end Funk's career. Yeah, it was Shane Douglas and the Triple Threat that brought back Terry Funk because. You know, that's who Tommy Dreamer got as his dream partner. Um, 
but because he's now moved on, it's it's different. Yeah. It's just so weird. It's so weird. But um, 4th of March, 1987, episode 202. It kicks off with that match again. I, I kind of understood that um, it ended with that. But on the same level, I felt they would have said something. Even done the classic route of time, we've got to go, or whatever it was. Yeah, it, it's it's a strange one to to just end on for me. Um, it's a strange one to to just begin on. Yeah, it almost felt like a to be continued should have popped up on the screen, or just ain't really goddamn awful. And yeah, just felt. Like, but the match did start off with this. Um, I felt what a story told in this match. So basically, Terry Funk looked like he had Raven beat with the um. Spinning toe hold. Yeah. Uh, Brian Lee. Raven screaming he's quitting. Yeah. Brian Lee got involved. Um, They repeatedly beat the crap out of Terry Funk to the point where Tommy was trying to hold him down, but Terry Funk won't stay down. Raven sitting there screaming, come on, old man. It's great. Leaves the angle. Is Funk too old for this? Um, that's what it kind of left with it all. Is is he too old? Can he keep up? You know, did he have him beat, or what? What happened? And is he bleeding from his ear, and all this kind of stuff. It was just I thought it was perfect. I really do. Great, um, great angle to um, help build it all. Then Stevie came down uh, with Tyler and Laurie Follington. He. Basically got in Raven's face, took off his shirt. Raven said, hit me. He was queuing up the um, super kick as he went in. Basically, bulldozer, bulldozed him. And he was beating up. Tyler then brought out Tommy Dreamer again. (laughs) So he just crawled to the back. Dreamer whispers in Tyler's ear. Dreamer runs in, gets a shit kicked out of him straight away. Um, Basically, Tyler then comes out on the Sandman's shoulders showing that these two are back together to a nice little pop from the crowd. Tyler jumps down. Sandman jumps up on the apron, cracks open a beer before cleaning house and somehow pinning Raven. Yes. Which apparently puts him into consideration for a title match. Take what you can, didn't you? Yeah, apparently. So, um, yeah, basically, he jumped in and sort of got the pin, and he's heavily in consideration now. So, and they're reunited. Wild. I I love the reuniting of them. Um, uh, you know, that's that's an amazing story, an amazing moment. Um, it felt quite weirdly placed in the show that. You know, you've had this huge emotional thing, and you've finally got them back together. And it's it's kind of all right, and there he is, and we're off. Next, yeah. I mean, I would have almost felt like it would have worked if, say, like Raven clinged house, Laurie and Tyler were stuck in the corner bulldozer was approaching with Raven with a chair or something. It looked like he was going to smash them up and that's what uh, 
Sandman came running out or something. And then yeah, I mean, I, I even the way they did it, I didn't mind. It's just for me, the positioning of it was was strange. Surely that's the last the, that's the yeah. last image you go off with. Yeah, no, true. I also found um, I was happy that Sandman cleaned house. Yeah, I, I had this real. He's gonna walk in there and just get beaten up feeling. Yeah, because when he got we, in there, yeah, we've seen that. And you know, is it going to be another swerve of, you know, they're back to? Oh no, no, no. Yeah, he's he's gone again. He's got his family back, but he's still shit. Um, I, I, I did Ooh. think the um, Sandman walking away carrying Tyler, uh, whilst leaving his wife dead somewhere. Was um, ex-wife dead? What somewhere was uh, interesting, yeah, and also I'm, I was very impressed with whatever rehab program Laurie Fullington has been on, because she has cleaned up and completely changed her ways in in a really fast amount of time. Like Raven did, really. Yeah. <laughs> um, Little Greedo versus Chris Jetty. Tommy Rich is now associated with Little Greedo. Making uh, Chetty is making his arena debut. Yep, so you're gonna get a debut every week from him, I guess, depending where he is. Um, Guido sort of has it in the bag. Tommy Rich tells him to go at the top, he mucks up. Chetty gets the win. Yes, There's not much you can say about the match, really. No, uh, Chetty, who was on Raw as part of Team Taz, yes, but yeah, but yeah, that's a different thing. Uh, promo by Brian Lee, just basically covering the fact that he's a bulldozer of hire. Yeah, kind of stuff. We then get a promo by Raven. Raven sitting on the floor, um, talking about Terry Funk and everything like that, which leads to a pair of boots standing next to him. You then hear Terry Funk's voice. Raven won't get up, so Funk gets down on the floor next to him. Um. I thought it was a pretty good promo, really, from Terry Funk. It was a flip. It was almost a fairly serious promo from Terry Funk for a change. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I think was was needed. You know, this whole kind of, um, uh, you know, damn it, you're going to take me seriously. Yeah. That was. It was good. It basically just sort of laid into... Um, Sort of Raven, Raven's dad, and um, yeah, yeah. If if you breed an idiot with an idiot, then I'm 99 percent sure that what you get is an idiot. So it feels a bit like Shane Douglas. If it looks like a rose, smells like a rose. It's probably a rose. It feels like similar. Yeah, just with more. Your mother's a whore. <laughs> uh, we then get a match join in progress. Axel Rotten versus Spike Dugley, the People's Main Event. Um, Bubba and Devon come out basically beat up Spike the gangsters music hit they come out Dudley Boys versus the gangsters Dudley Boys beat them yep pachow pachow sorry I was just having a drink it's alright we, we then now go back over to Raw for the 10th of March 1997 where there is a segment where basically ECW calls uh, Jerry Lawler even Comes calls out ECW Paul Heyman for a debate. I guess. 
I love how you add debate, I guess, um, because I think that's very fair. I think it is fair that you, 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 you position this correctly as, you know, technically a debate. <laughs> the debate should ECW exist, I think, was the title was given. Yeah, and, and they both start with 90 seconds and then can kind of create their, their arguments from there and then go backwards and forwards with, with rebuttals. And that lasts, well, 91 seconds, at which point it's obvious that Jerry Lawler isn't shutting up anytime soon um, and just goes for it. I mean, obviously, love ECW. You love ECW. We review ECW. It's true. Fascina- fascinating talking ECW. But Lawler fucking in. Laid, laid into ECW here. Yep. And, and right. absolutely wow. schooled um, Heyman. A man who's known for being an excellent promo. Absolutely ripped him saying, you draw 1,100 people. But we're in the same area. We're doing arenas that have got 22,000 in. Um, um, yep. Heyman is very proud of because uh, he's earned it. They they earn every single person of that eleven hundred, um, and uh, Lawler points out, "Good, that's eleven hundred of a city of four million. Yeah, and he goes, "I'm pretty sure if he took four million people, I could convince eleven hundred to watch paint dry." <laughs> Just absolutely yeah. went in a little bit here, and you could tell Heyman was rattled. Yeah, I don't think he was expecting because um, people came out, people were agitated, people trying to get hold of the situation. I think Tommy Dream in the end got hold of the situation. Because I mean, this Hay- is obviously set up to lead to what we yeah. know is going to happen. A hundred percent. So I mean, there's, there's a degree of this is, some of this is orchestrated in that way. However, there is also a degree of, um, I don't think that they, um, they, they fully understood what they were getting into with, with Jerry Lawler. Well, yeah, and it was evident in the fact that Tommy Dreamer's line was, if you want a war, we'll give you a war. Let's go to war like now. When I don't think Jerry Lawler even mentioned going to war. No. It was almost like meant to be the big key, but instead it became this verbal battle where Paul Heyman then said, if you want to shoot, if you're shooting, let's shoot. You know, your kids won't use the same name as yours because they hate you and they're embarrassed by you. All that sort of jargon. And it got all a bit to just promote the pay-per-view. And, um, you know, his his answer to that was, um, you keep saying about all this stuff that you've built, um, but it's all been paid for by your mum and dad. Yeah, and you still live in the house or something, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so it was a bit... Yeah, it was, it was rough. It was a rough night for ECW, I felt. I think that's fair. But uh, Which is why it's probably not really highlighted very much in their history. Like, I always knew about the night that they took over the show. This segment isn't spoken about so much. No. I think anyway. I'm not sure if it's the same episode or a different episode, but I thought there was one where Taz came out and tried to get to Jerry Lawler. 
What was that the one we saw? I think that's this one because I think Taz comes out with a tower. A, a, a um, Taz sign. Yeah. I think Jerry Lawler calls him a midget or something. Yeah. And he comes out and he starts trying to fight with him. Says you who's 5'11 or something. Yeah, it, it was something. Um, but there was there's definitely a situation between those two. Um, but yeah, going on to the 11th of March, 1997, episode 203, back to ECW. The show starts with the BWO, well, Stevie sort of coming out leading the charge, and Stevie finally became serious, I'd say. This is this was his moment. So, let's start with the, 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 the fan running. Yep. So, a blonde runs in, managed to wrestle her way past security, kind of gets allowed in by Stevie. Uh, yep. Stevie rips off her BWO shirt. Um, they embrace for a, a passionate snog. Um, and then uh, she gets escorted out by security and he continues on with his promo. Yeah. Do you think that that was a real run-in or a plant? Uh, I obviously think it might have been a plant. I kind of assume it is. I mean, it's hard to tell with ECW. Yeah, the, the security escorting her seemed thorough for what they usually do with these things. Yeah. Which is, I think, why I had the doubt. Yeah, or maybe it was. Maybe ECW just sort of handled it differently, though. Well, they probably don't mind, you know, the fan going independent and all that. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm sure they would have their uh, concerns about run-ins you know, of any kind. Yeah, yeah. and and I, I mean, I know we're a different age and you know, sexual harassment and all the rest of it. But you've you've ripped off her shirt on national TV and and, and kissed her. Yeah, true. Yeah, but um, yeah. Overall, I thought it was a, a good. A good step up for Stevie. Yep. Which was crazy because obviously you could see the person he was becoming and where he was getting placed. But like Raven, it's not far off him obviously getting injured, but then going to WCW. Yep. And then going to WWE, where he very much just goes back to being dancey, goofy Stevie. For quite a while, yes. Yeah, until right to censor or whatever. But, yeah, he was like, yeah, well on his way to something here. And, um, yeah, which is a shame. Um, Taz versus Spike Dudley, just easy victory for Taz. They're putting him against some of the smaller guys at the moment so he could throw him around and look even better than what he does. But yes. he's amazing regardless. But they're just clever. So it's good to give him a few highlight bits against someone like Spike after someone like Tracy. Um, then Tommy Rich versus Chris Chetty highlights. Tommy Rich picking up the wins because of a little bit of cheating and take notes. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely nothing really to it. Just, yeah. It's just continuation of that. Um, highlights of Rob Van Dam Sabu versus the Eliminators again. I found this all extremely weird because there was no commentary whatsoever, and I don't know why. <laughs> um, yeah, just just 
a very strange setup. Um, and as you said, just yeah, they they just had the highlights of the same match again. Yeah, with no commentary. Yeah. So just in case you wanted to hear it about commentary, so. Yeah, very weird. And then Tommy Dreamer and Sandman came to the ring to face the Dudley boys, still with no commentary, and says, this ain't Raw, this is EC fucking W. I think which, that's what he said anyway. Which we all were pleased to hear. Yeah, and I thought, oh, well, I, I thought they're doing the match that was built up on Raw. But no, and then just cut. We went to highlights of Lance Storm versus Axel Rotten. Yeah, yeah. The the entrance was was for nothing. And massively, so the entrance for nothing is built to a match that would have been a great main event on this, but it didn't happen. Uh, Lance Storm versus Axel Rotten. Lance Storm picks up the win, and the Dudleys then attack Lance Storm after the match, and. Uh, so yeah. Lance Storm jumps off and kicks the Dudleys into the Eliminators. That was it. Which has then kicked off the feud between the Dudleys and the Eliminators. That was it. So, yeah, eliminate. They, Joe Gartner grabs the mic, says the Dudley boys are the best tag team on the planet, which brings up the Eliminators. They kind of stare at each other and have like small talk that you can't really hear. Lance Storm stands on the top turnbuckle for about 20 minutes. Dudley boys turn round. He hits a double drop kick on both, knocking them into the eliminators, causing a brawl between all of them. Um, oh, in between us, the gangsters got beaten down again as well. There's a lot going yeah. on. So they beat up the gangsters, then the eliminators bitten. Yeah. But basically, the Dudley boys are getting positioned at the top very, 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 very quickly. And that's the most important thing to take away from this. Which is, pretty, which is a pretty, pretty wild. We then get a bunch of promos from Eliminators, Tommy Rich, Shane Douglas, Pitbulls, Rob Van Dam, Brian Lee and Tommy Dreamer. Did you take away anything from any of these? Um, uh, the Tommy Dreamer one annoyed me because he's still doing Raven lines back to Raven, which just for whatever reason frustrates the fuck out of me. To quote the Dreamer and Evermore. You know, you don't need to say that. That's that's nothing to do with you. That's total parody. Um, the Dudley's one was quite interesting. Bubba's being all posh and everything. Um, this was the one with um, Joel Gertner with the, the dollar bill on his head. And so he walks around the bad neighborhoods with the dolly bill, just challenging people and, and you know, begging for someone to step to him kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and then this time he's even more like boisterous about it because he's got the, the best tag team in the world with him. Uh, they cut a promo saying about, you know, gangsters, you know, great to meet you, great to see you again, love beating you up, but uh, we're going to go and beat them up first because um, we're going to get a title. Yep. And uh, may have been the first tell them Devon. And then Devon testifies. I don't know if that's our first tes- testify as well. Um, but uh, yeah, it was. It was all in all, it was fine. Nothing in there that you kind of um, need to rewind and watch if you've not seen it already. 
Yeah, agreed. We then, after expecting that to be the end of the show, it wasn't. They had Chris Candido versus Luis Bergoli. Uh, Candido picks up the win again. Yep. Triple threat get uh, involved. Yeah, triple threat get involved. Pitbulls get involved. Um, I just kind of sat there and thought, there's a few. I feel like Brian Lee and Tommy Dreamer are involved in every fucking feud without actually being in a feud. It's they pop up in every segment almost and do everything, but they're not actually in a feud of their own. Yeah, it's kind of like, yeah, it's just crazy. They're just sort of there. They just send someone out, get Tommy Dreamer involved again. But yeah. um, fascinating all the same. A lot of good bits to touch from it. I felt the Monday Night Raw stuff was extremely interesting to see. Not so much how the ECW guys got on, it's how WWE handled them. And they were very much shown as someone who isn't competition. It's just a little local federation that they were letting them to be on Raw and help them. I don't think they were, they were never treated as an equal. They weren't this other rival group. They were just a local little company. Yeah. And that's, that's really what it felt like. It wasn't... Uh, obviously, they were given matches, and but there was even like... When Jerry Lawler was like, I can't deal with this, and Mr. Man was like, well, this is the last match they're getting tonight, so you'd have to worry about anything else. And Well, you invited them. Yeah, it was all kind of really... I don't know. I don't know how it sort of all sort of went. They weren't treated awful, but I do feel they were very much thrown in their place, if anyone had any doubt. So Yeah, and, and you know, I, I don't begrudge that because, you know, they're, they're, they're being given the favour of being allowed to come and do this, but it's it's just a very weird... Set up. It's, it's weird in the sense that obviously I don't really know where it was going. I mean, obviously we're going to see where it goes, but you, you kind of think like, was it set up for you know Lawler versus Tommy Dream at WrestleMania? Were they going to try and get Lawler versus Tommy Dream at Very Legal? Now, what was what was the setup? It feels very weird. It feels like with WrestleMania coming up or ECW's first pay-per-view ever was initially they're going to be, you know, Jerry Lawler was involved in that pay-per-view. That was the thing. Yeah. Was, he, was that why Tommy Dreamer wasn't involved in anything? Yeah. Because he was always meant to fight Jerry Lawler at that pay-per-view. Because he feels like Mr. ECW. He feels like the safe person to put with Lawler. Someone like Sandman... You couldn't really trust it, and no one else really would fit. It had to be either Sandman or Tommy Dreamer, and you feel like, but whether because of the whole Terry Funk story that sort of got put on the back burner a bit, or I don't know how it works, but it felt like it would have been Jerry Lawler versus Tommy Dreamer at that show. Yeah, I agree. Because I just don't understand. Obviously, I haven't seen. 
the Raws before. So I don't know what led to where Jerry Lawler challenged him to come. Was it like made on commentary? <laughs> was it was it just a, a fake challenge that didn't actually really exist? How it actually got to the point where the challenge was made and the challenge was accepted? I don't understand how any of that really came about. But um, yeah. Interesting angle, and I'm sure. Obviously, I know it's not over. Let's see where it goes. No, and it was it was it was really interesting to watch them, especially at this time. Um, but you're right; it's just it's just all very strange how it kind of manifested and came through. Um, it's hard without the context to understand how it, it feels quite random from our point of of suddenly they've got a load of matches on Raw and stuff. Um, and it's hard to kind of get an understanding of how. Uh, and not mentioned on ECW. No, no, that's that's again another good point. Like not mentioned at all. Like when they did the pay per view, at least there was sort of. I mean, this is, you know, the pay per view they did that, and there's been this couple of month gap leading to this, and it's been quite a long gap. So it feels like strange that there's been nothing, 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 suddenly this on ECW side for a whole three weeks that we've worked. They haven't said, oh, yeah, by the way, we turned up on Raw and stole the show, showed them how it was done. Yeah. There's been no reference of it. And there would have been a splatter of people who were watching Raw that would have, I guarantee you, MLW, I love MLW, I watch it when I can. If MLW invaded Raw, I'd want to watch MLW the following week to find out. Look, for example, NXT. I know it's slightly different, but NXT yeah. invaded SmackDown because SmackDown got caught in travel. So they did the invasion angle. The NXT ratings for the next week went up massively. They, they beat AEW that week. I think it was the only week they beat them because everyone wanted to see what the second part of the invasion was. Yeah. You know, and you kind of, you would have had a splatter of people who would have said, where can I find this ECW? Boom. And would have watched it and basically saw nothing. And, um, yeah. I mean, look, let's look. Sorry, going back to the show they had that week. Pitbulls versus Shane Douglas kick off the show. None of them were on Raw. Eliminators versus Sabu, Rob and Dam. Fantastic match. Saw the Eliminators briefly, but they weren't really on Raw. Taz versus Tracy Smothers. We know Taz. Chris Candido, Chris Candido doing a promo. All right. Not really any point. Um, Brian Lee and Thingy. In a match that was teased, you don't actually get to see anything. So... Not really any of the Dudley boys. Not really much of Tommy Dreamer. Not really much of the Sandman. All these people you saw on Raw that you would then watch the next night or the that week. Yeah. None of them really on there. It is a very weird setup. Uh, it, it does feel really strangely taken. Um, so yeah, it's it's it. You don't quite understand where this is generated from, why this has happened or, or or anything else from it, really. It just kind of 
finishes. And I understand it's it's pre-taped, so it's not like they're going to live in the ring and they can react to it. But surely Heyman could have done a segment because he recorded everything in his basement, just recorded a segment that night or something, basically going blah and edited it in, or they would have known. The raw thing wasn't yeah, I mean, wasn't off the cuff. It wasn't a real invasion. The Jerry Powell stuff is is post production, so surely you could have got him to say something. Yeah, had you know Paul Heyman rip up a a raw sign or done anything. So I mean, you had the the, the um, eliminators reference. You know, Vince McMahon thinks this is a bingo hall we think this is our home and we're the best tag team in blah, blah, blah. Um, so you had that, but again, it was kind of like, well, all right, but, and? It was that in context too. Do you know what I mean? It needed to be, I, I just feel with all the, the WCW, the Uncle Eric stuff and all this, they, there was a lot more, you know, to do stuff. And, there was an alleged and an apparent working relationship with WWE, no matter how big or how small. And there was just nothingness. Yeah. And it was just so bizarre. And all right, maybe this week was a bit too shy. So you couldn't have done it. You could have, you know. But then the week after, still nothing. And then the week after, a two-second thing from Tommy Dreamer which was a continuation match, but in a match you're not actually able to see because they didn't even show you the match. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, just, I just felt it all very, very, very bizarre. It was. It was. I, I, I think it definitely was. But, um, yeah. Very interesting week. and takes to the end of Extreme um, Rewind this week. Good Lord Almighty. <laughs> the, uh, the builds towards uh, Barely Legal continues. Um, yeah. Really strong amount of focus going on that, which is uh, really interesting. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll, we will watch this continue to, to grow into something uh, special. Yeah, massively. I mean, they're heading in the right direction. I'm, I'm buzzing for this pay-per-view. Cannot work. wait to watch it. Um, and we will be watching it. And we'll do watch it. I can't lie. I got it on DVD, so I'm tempted to watch it with real musics and stuff. Oh, you or cheeky kind of, so-and-so. <laughs> all sort of... I can't even give it to you. Um, watch, <laughs> <laughs> watch, um, I'm tempted to sort of dip and watch both to see... Because crazy enough, I've got a bit more time on my hands at the moment. <laughs> so I was going to try and watch bits of both to see differences, to see music, to see how things make things different. I think it's, um, I think it's important because it's something we spoke about a lot. I yeah, a I, I, to see how it all. For me, comes I think across. that, um, especially in some of the bigger matches. Um, I think that could be quite an interesting thing for you to, to, to watch and see kind of the, the, if the music kind of adds to it or doesn't make much of a difference. Yeah, I mean, it might just be me being a mark for myself, but I just, 
you know, Perfect Strangers, War Machine. It's it's sort of a big deal, yeah. but I don't know if it is or whether it's just I've created because their theme music. Or whether you're so numb to it now after <laughs> forever. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I mean, is it is it just actually not anything now? It's true. No, it's it's interesting, like in other words. But then again, it's all gonna come back alive again in it when Just Incredible debuts. Oh God, what's that gonna be? And um, Rob Van Dam, we can't get woke. And um, yeah, there's, there's bits that's gonna suck with this. Or New Jack when the the music is played fully. Mm-hmm. Between matches, I wouldn't be surprised if they start taking New Jack matches out when he gets to that stage. I wouldn't be surprised if they just literally chop the whole match out or just go to silence. Yeah, I don't know how it's gonna. Um, because no Styles was there, I reckon he probably have overdubbed the redubbed the audio for a lot of bits. Mm. So I don't know, I guess we'll find out. 200 episodes to go, well, we are all in. I baby. feel we'll get there. We'll get. We'll definitely get. Uh, there. Thank you very much. <laughs> thank you very much for listening. Of course, we are Sports Arena Extreme Rewind. You can follow us on social media at underscore Sports Arena on Twitter or Instagram. Get involved. We're always posting pictures and a couple of little sly shows that we throw out now and again. So always worth checking out and getting involved in the conversation because we like conversations. And um, yeah, thank you very much. Thank you.